you spend your Sundays looking for something fun to do, usually they're so drab and dull. <sighs> Boring. We have just the thing for you. November 28th, the Old Rock House and Rock Paper Podcast present Debstock 2021. Featuring music by Nick Gussman and the Coyotes. Screeching halts. Debstock 2021, November 28th from 3 to 7 at the Old Rock House, 1200 South 7th Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Tickets on sale at MetroTix.com. Debstock 2021, a benefit for glioblastoma brain cancer. Brought to you by Old Rock House and Rock Paper Podcast. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the show. Today's features comedian Corey Stewart. Had a lot of fun hanging out with Corey, talking to him, uh, getting to know her, her a little bit better, talking about some of her stories and, uh, and how she got into comedy. So hope you enjoy this one. Do want to say thanks again to Tony and Beyond FM for their uh, help with the uh, promo you heard about Debstock. Join us out at Debstock on November 28th, 3 o'clock at Old Rock House. This is a uh, benefit for glioblastoma and uh, we got a, an incredible lineup with one-way traffic nick gusman and the coyotes screeching halts and spank on you tickets are 15 dollars and available right now at metrotix.com and if you uh if you'd like i also have some shirts available for pre-sale and uh other ways to contribute if you uh, want to uh, help support the cause if you're unable to make it to the show so uh, reach out and uh, hit me up on the email, rockpaperpodcast at gmail, rockpaperpodcast.com slash debstock for uh, more information. Big thank you to my friends at Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler for their continued support of this show. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's officially beard season with fall and no shave November right around the corner. This is prime time to grow a beard. And Roughneck Beard Company has you covered. Using a good beard oil from day one of growth sets the stage for a faster, fuller, healthier growth. Avoid dry skin and the dreaded beard itch by combining with Roughneck Genesis for a vitamin punch that really gets things moving. Stop in today or order online to build your kit and kick your growth into high gear. You can find them here in St. Louis, Missouri in the Maplewood area on Manchester you can stop by the shop or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase. It includes all your favorite beard oils, beard balms, junk powder, or one of my personal favorites, a roughneck beard batter. Uh, lots of great options over there. Everything uh, locally sourced here. Smells great. A lot of wonderful fragrances. And uh, get out there and support local, roughneckbeardcompany.com.
rockpaperpodcast.com. That's it for me, everybody. Again, find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. With that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode with Corey Stewart. Um, Podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hi, this is Corey Stewart, and you are listening to the Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Scissors beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beat scissors, Shane covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Rock Paper Podcast. Double-decker fudge round, rolling round town. Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero, he's your bestie. Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with Corey Stewart. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Shane. I'm really excited to be here. I'm I'm super excited <laughs> to be here. This is uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I say it all the time. I'm doing the show, and I feel like, uh, but it's still cool that it's continues because, like, uh, I use the show a lot to meet people, you know, and like I. And this is the case today. We've this is our first time really hanging out here, and uh, I've been we've been friendly online for a couple of years. I feel yeah. like, and uh, it's kind of been one of these like it's been long overdue, like actually properly meeting. But I don't know, there was some kind of pandemic going on <laughs> and all these other things, and so finally making it happen. And uh, so I'm really glad that uh, you are here today and get to share some stories and talk about uh, talk about some of your comedy and stuff. So so thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I guess there was a pandemic. Huh? All right, that's and what that they that's what they were saying. Just me hiding out in my <laughs> house for a year. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know a ton of your story, but uh, so that's why I like doing this show, kind of getting to sit down and just get it right from you. And uh, but how? Uh, I always kind of like to start with St. Louis because that's where we're based out of. But mm-hmm. has St. Louis been home the whole time, or are you a I, I live on the Illinois side of St. Louis. Right. Uh, the I live in O'Fallon, Illinois. I was born there, raised there. I uh, went to O'Fallon High School. Um, I got pregnant when I was a kid. I was 17. And so I had, through my early 20s, I, I started doing stand-up when I was in high school, really. I did what was called, um, original comedy speech. And so it was like doing stand up without really, you couldn't, you know, curse or whatever. Uh, and I really, really loved it. Um, and I did some stand up through my twenties. Uh, I worked a variety of, um, shit jobs. Like I worked at the, the uh, casino queen, um, in my early twenties. And then I, uh, Abby was my daughter. Um, 
was I think five years old and I had been working in bars and working at the casino and I, uh, had kind of, uh, come to Jesus moment. And so I went to rehab and stopped drinking. Um, and, uh, after that I decided to go back to school. And so when Abby was in her, um, from the time she was like six until she was 13, I was in school. I went from associate's degree at SWIC, Southwestern Illinois College, to, to UMSL, to SLU for law school. And so I was raising a kid on my own, put myself through school. I was working more shit jobs while I was doing that. And uh, But, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of time for stand-up sure. <laughs> because yeah. I was raising a kid and uh, going through school. And so I got married at one point and actually today would have been my anniversary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we never celebrated an anniversary together because we were together for seven years. Uh, but only married and together before we separated for six months. So by the time our anniversary rolled around, we'd already, already called it quits. <laughs> and, uh, after that, I, uh, first I played roller derby after I got divorced, uh, started boozing again and I started playing roller derby and then I broke my ankle and then I stopped drinking again. And I was like, well, I need another, uh, fucked up hobby. So I started, <laughs> I started doing stand up again. Um, and that was about almost three years ago. Okay. Yeah. That's, a that was a lot, a lot there. <laughs> That is a lot. That's the, uh, that's the three minute synopsis of 40 (laughs) years. I, uh, I just thinking that my mom, she, uh, she, I don't know, I guess, um, I forget how old we, I don't know. We were pretty young, but she was raising babies, um, working full time at McDonald Douglas, uh, at the time before they went to Boeing and laid off everybody and everything else. And she was at McDonnell Douglas then, and she was working or putting herself through school. That's uh, awesome. At Lindenwood. And I was just like, you know, was, I just think about like, at the time, as a kid, I had no idea, you know, it's like, uh, but then now as like an adult, I realized like what she was, you know, the, with the pressure and stuff, she probably was feeling and putting herself through and trying to do all of this. And, and, you know, it's like, that's a lot to handle uh, for anybody, but you know, like especially trying to do it as a single mother and stuff, and and there, like I said, like as you put raising babies and stuff, uh, and but yeah, that's uh, it's quite the uh, quite the task to put yourself through school. And thank you. Yeah, and uh, your mom sounds like a really incredible woman. Yeah, she was a badass for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We uh, I miss her a lot. She. We had a, a ton of fun together uh, after she ended up retiring and and stuff, and that's when we, you know, really got to start hanging out a lot more and going to concerts and do all kinds of fun stuff. So, but yeah, I just like I don't know, as you were telling that story, that's kind of where I kind of started thinking about my my own mother and stuff, going through all that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I I tried doing the school. School was never my thing. I wish that I had not. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I am so loaded down in debt, student loan debt. I was the first person in my family, my immediate family to go to college. I I have pretty far removed, uh, 
aunts and cousins who did and stuff, but I didn't know much about it. And, but like in the eighties, nineties, whatever, early aughts, like that was what was pushed. You know, you get a degree and that's, that will get you on the right path. And, you know, like, um, I had low wage jobs when Abby was little, little, and I just like, I wanted to provide well for her and I wanted to do something that I felt good about. Um, and I wanted to help people, especially after my experience with, uh, going to rehab and stuff. Like I was really focused on doing something that would help. So I went to social work school and then I was like, well, um, I think I could do more with a law degree. Turns out I probably not. <laughs> I, uh, I did work for a nonprofit in, um, in East St. Louis doing housing law. And that was really, uh, that was really rewarding, but it was also really, uh, really heavy work mm -hmm. and low wage work. And so if you, if you are a legal aid, um, poverty lawyer, you're probably going to be as poor as your clients. <laughs> and that was, that's what happened for me. After I got divorced, I amassed a lot of debt and I was like, well, I've got to find something else, but I still have to find something where, uh, I can get my loans forgiven, you know, after 10 years. And so I, I work for the state of Illinois now and it's, uh, it's a fine job. It's, um, Benefits are good. Hours are good. It's just, it doesn't feel like my calling, right. you know, um, like working at the nonprofit felt like a home to me. Um, what I do now representing a big non entity does not feel like a home, but it's a great job. And I do, you know, I can help people kind of, and I can kind of, uh, like I, I'm doing fine financially. That's great. Now, um, the, the excellent thing about it is that it gives me the time and resources to pursue other passions and hobbies. Mm -hmm. And if you, I think most of us have this idea about finding something that we love to do. Like we're going to find a day job or a gig that we love to do. And I, I just, I think that's kind of a myth, right? And as, if you can find something that you're reasonably happy in that will let you live like a full, happy life. And if you decide, you know, if like me, you decide you want to do stand up or, you know, if you want to climb a mountain or if you want to uh, spend your evenings painting or, you know, if your job allows you to do that, then you're doing really well. Sure. Yeah. I say it a lot. I like, and I, I kind of, there's a lot of similarities there in our stories where, um, uh, I work uh, for a school district. Uh, they as my day job, and then, but I work. I worked into six thirties. It's a pretty sweet shift for me because I'm mm -hmm. off early enough to make it to the shows I want to go see, mm -hmm. or or do the podcast, or whatever it is. And if I stay out all night, I still can sleep <laughs> in and not have yeah. to be at work until super early, or you know, I don't have to be at work super early. Uh, you know, so it's really ideal for me and I'm able to juggle both sides of my life pretty well with, you know, I have my stability, my income, and then I have my creativity in the evenings mm -hmm. and get to do all the fun stuff I want to do. And, um, uh, and I, I agree. I think as long as I sure I have bigger, um, 
goals and that I want and thought of things mm-hmm. I want. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, but I, it's nice that I'm able to fully support both sides of my life that I, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot to that also, you know, it's like, yeah. I think if I were to have a, some more successful job and stuff, I probably wouldn't be able to do half the fun and stuff I want to do. So yeah, it's got I, pros and cons to both of them. So I, I have never wanted to be, a, I never wanted to be a person who worked at a law firm or worked 60 hours a week. That was not my goal. And like the idea of doing that seems, uh, emotionally bankrupting <laughs> to me. It just, it seems like that would be soulless. And so I am, I'm very lucky that I found something that, uh, that is, um, not poverty wages. And it's also, you know, like, uh, uh, the kind of hours that like you, that allows me to have uh, a full happy life. Yeah. And I can, uh, generally, you know, like I can, um, do something physically healthy for me after I get off work and then go, if I have a show or go to an open mic, you know, like I have enough of my day that, still open that I can do that. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned, uh, you, an injury led you in, into getting back into comedy mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, but, uh, what was, what was that moment that like you're, I mean, you, was it just saying, was it just that like you're physically unable to do the other? So that, or did you have like that moment where you're like, you know, I, I think I have something to say, you know, now again, or, Well, I, so I played roller derby after I got divorced for about seven months and it was really exhilarating and it was really fun and very physical, you know, and we, but it was kind of all consuming. It's, it's a little culty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, because you do three practices a week generally, plus, uh, you hang out with your, your team, um, and there's like a huge drinking culture as part of it, uh, I, I felt. And a lot of people, um, I think, get drawn to roller derby. There's a lot of pageantry to it, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, it's physical and it's kind of a fringe sport. And so I think a lot of people get drawn to it when they're going through things, you know, kind of like stand up. <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm always going through something, so, you know, um, but it was really good for where I was at. I, I, I made like a community of lady friends, like when I was divorcing and it was, it felt a little edgy and it was exciting. And then I, uh, broke my ankle and I had to have surgery. Like I have a plate and two screws in my ankle right now. And I just... And it was in my non-dominant leg. It was in my left leg. And so I imagined if I went back and then I did it again, (laughs) like how dumb would I feel if I went back and I broke the foot that I drive with and I didn't work for a month and a half. Um, And I didn't break it. Like I say I broke it while I was playing roller derby, but I was at a, like a, an open skate. And I was just kind of like coasting along and pop, pop. 
Um, and I, I mean, I have a Franken ankle now. You can see the scars on there. Yeah. You can see the uh, screws poking out. <laughs> and so I don't think that I really, like, after that, I quit drinking again. And that kind of became my focus for a year. For a year, I worked on just not boozing and, like, finding that kind of like healthy spot, that sweet spot in my life. And I started hiking again, doing outdoorsy stuff. And I think at that time, I think I was working part-time at a, a winery on the weekend. So that didn't lend itself. I was still like, I was working at the nonprofit still. And I was trying to like pull myself out of, uh, divorce debts. Um, but after like, when I got to the point where I didn't need to do all that, I was like, well, I, I am a creative person, you know, like you were talking about, you know, like you need something that feeds your brain and your soul. And, uh, I had done stand up before and, um, this time I started doing the thing where I, like before I did, I do stand up like once a year or whatever, I go to an open mic and then right. I'd be like, I hate this. I'm not getting what I deserve. <laughs> and so like, I'm not getting the attention and the laughs I deserve. And this time I did it in a, like the way that people who are devoted to it, do it. Or people, you know, who are like working on honing it as a, like a skill or a craft, you know, when I started doing at one point I was doing like mics every night and that was like right before the pandemic. And I'm not saying that's healthy either. Like that is not, I was, I didn't realize how exhausted I was when the pandemic started because I was out. I'd go to two or three mics a night or, you know, as many as I could in St. Louis. I think there were, there were some nights when I, I did three, two, uh, or I'd do a show and then I'd go to a late mic and I was sleeping, you know, maybe five hours a night. And so I don't want to do that again, but it is something that I love and it was always something that I loved. Like I have pictures from when I was in kindergarten and they said, Hey, draw what you want to be when you grow up. And I drew myself with a microphone doing stand up, you know, because at that time, like VH1 had stand up and I was always really, really into SNL. Mm. Um, and when I was probably, I mean, that was like when Chris Farley was on there, when I was, nine, 10, 11 years old. Um, and it stand up was always something that I, I really, really loved. And my mom would let me watch just about anything. I remember watching George Carlin specials on, uh, HBO. Yeah. She'd let me stay up and, you know, watch SNL with her, or whatever was on. And so, um, yeah, when I jumped back in, I was, I was hooked and really in. I was uh, I, I'm I've always been a super fan of comedy, uh, especially stand up. I watched uh, like especially in the early days of Comedy Central. Watched like all the Comedy Central mm -hmm. presents, um, all the you know Carlin and all. Like I was just a fan and a student of the of it, and I watched all these greats and um, and I mean there was a summer I watched Tommy Boy like when '97. <laughs> or whatever it was. I watched Tommy Boy probably a hundred times that summer it was on HBO. And, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, I don't know. I was always kind of like 
I think I think it was a bunch of us, but I'm kind of just mimicked Farley for the longest time. It was just like you know the the chubby, goofy, funny kid in school, and um, I don't know. I so, but I never nothing about any. Like I always felt like maybe there was something there, but like I never had never felt like I should had that something draw me to pursue this. Like maybe I should do stand up or do. Um, and I, I've for the longest time I, I, w- I would go to the Funny Bone. I was working uh, nights at the time, and then so Sundays I would they had those like Kilo Diabetes Foundation passes or whatever so mm-hmm. for a dollar. I'd, uh, I'd support, and then I'd go watch the the Sunday headliner show for a dollar, and I'd sit there and I became buddies with like everybody, all the locals mm-hmm. working and all the national touring guys and stuff. And then like, but every time I'm sitting back there, everybody's always like, "Do you want to?" do you want to do comedy? Cause I'm like hanging out so much. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing. Like they always say, if you're hanging out, they, you probably want to do that. And I'm like, nah, I'm just a fan. I, <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy the art form for sure. You know, and I'm like, but I does something, there was some time I've, I just haven't figured out the time to, in my schedule to allow me to do it. But I've often crossed my mind about maybe hitting up the improv shop or do something like that. Just yeah. to just kind of, uh, you know, build, build that muscle up a little better to even for this show and everything else to be able to, um, so I don't know. Yeah. I just think it'd be kind of fun to kind of add another tool to the belt kind of thing. But, um, I don't know. We have a lot of opportunities for comedy in St. Louis for That's sure. And whether it's, you know, uh, performing or even just writing, there's a lot of great sketch things going on and different stuff. So I feel like I could contribute in a sense, like to something, uh, be a part of something, but I don't know that I, again, I never really felt like there's something drawing me that I need to get out and do stand up or anything though, or perform. Yeah. I've kind of found that the shows that I like, at least in the last couple months that I've liked doing the most are the weird shows, you know, like the kind of like, um, and maybe this, there are a lot of comedy adjacent shows that aren't stand up shows, like, uh, sorry, please continue the storytelling show. I've, mm-hmm. I've not done that one, but like, maybe that would be something you were interested sure. in a storytelling because you are, you are extra. It seems like you're an extrovert yeah. and you're, you're a good storyteller. So, and, um, if you don't want to do stand up, you know, there are three stand up com- comedians who are like chiming in. Right. Um, but like, I really like doing, uh, stand up now that I've done it a couple times and I think I did this when I was younger but like stand up as a character that's really fun for me and so I I am thinking about ways that I can like there are some people in St. Louis who do who do those shows at the heavy anchor like Christian Lawrence um, yeah. I've done his shows he does uh history mystery and, and boop gun and those were super <laughs> duper fun so fun big fan um, of Christian I just yeah. wish there were so many more of those right. because they're so fun to do. So yeah. I've thought about like doing that. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, it is, that's the, what I do love about this kind of this, uh, you know, DIY uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, approach to a lot of comedy. A lot of people, um, you know, just want more opportunities and uh, want uh, different opportunities and things. Maybe there's something they see missing in the scene, and they try to a lot of people to start their own shows or do something to you know find something unique. And um, there's a I always kind of 
thought it'd be fun to kind of bring something, try to adapt it here in St. Louis a little bit, but I love, uh, and they made a comedy central show of it too, but, uh, Josh Adam Myers was doing that goddamn comedy jam and where it was like a live band and then like a comedian will do a set and then sing a song with the band and stuff. And I always kind of thought that would be fun because those are two of my favorite things, comedy, comedy music, if I could some sort of. Oh, that's a really good idea. Blend them and make something like that happen. But I always thought um, it's kind of like a live band karaoke kind of thing mm-hmm. to it. But then like, so I don't know. There's I I think there's been elements of similar things out there, but like I don't know. I just I thought it'd be kind of fun for me, especially as a fan of both forms for sure. So find, trying to find that good way to marry the two. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I, I like, there was a lip syncing show on, uh, for a while. I don't know if it's on anymore. And I, I think like that could be a fun way to do like a fun medium for performance. Right. Like, like there are a lot of fun, weird things that you could sure. bring to a show. And I've been thinking about doing like, um, on the Illinois side, there's this great theater, the Lincoln theater. You've probably, yeah. sometimes there are concerts there. And I thought I would like to start like, a a uh, 30s style burlesque sh- uh, vaudeville show, not a burlesque show, but maybe some, some burlesque, but like a vaudeville style show with music, um, but kind of more ragtimey or whatever, kind of of period a little bit. And I thought that would be really fun. And I'd like to do like a, um, a talent show of sorts for adults, um, but at like a comedy show as a talent show kind of a hybrid. And I, I think that's something that I'm looking into. I just, I like, you know, like we were talking about, like, I don't feel like, and maybe it is, maybe everything is, is wide open and fine, but I, I still, I don't know if it's insecurity or whatever, but I don't feel like my, my feet are firmly post pandemic planted. Yes. So I have, I, I was running a monthly show in Illinois, um, but I haven't, you know, started that back up yet. And I have ideas for other creative, fun things to do. I just, I don't have the confidence yet and I'm hoping to get there, but yeah, just not quite. <laughs> right. I've been doing, I do some things. I, I, uh, but I was same thing. I was, I'm like, I'm doing this big benefit for my mom that I, I started as a benefit for her this year is, um, trying to help others in need. So, uh, in, in her memory, we're doing it. And, uh, Is I, that Deb stock? yeah, Deb stock. Yeah. And I went back and forth, like, do I do this? Do I not? Like, is this, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I, I was just afraid to, afraid to fail, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. like that's with everything. But like, <laughs> I was afraid to put it myself out there and then it kind of just be a dud because people are afraid to come out still mm-hmm. or, you know, to, to that level, like it's a, it's a large venue mm-hmm. and I, you know, I hope that there's a nice large crowd to come out there with us. But, uh, you know, this is kind of the thing. It's like, it's just a gamble, you know, roll mm-hmm. the dice, you know, you put, you, you hope to put all the work into it and people show up and respond to it. And, sure. um, but yeah, it's, it's just like, again, this all sits right back in, in, in your mind. You're like, is it, is this right? Is it, is today, you know, is this a good time to do it now or yet? And it's like, so it's kind of a bummer. I mean, but it's like, I would have felt that way 
whether pandemic or not, like mm-hmm. I would have still had the same doubt mm-hmm. and same, uh, you know, thoughts and stuff. And it's just like, it's, it's St. Louis. There's 50, you know, hundred things that going on yeah. every night. Like, it's just like, you never know if you, you pick a date on the calendar and hope to make the best of it and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm always, when I'm on a show, um, and there are, you know, seven other great comedy shows, like, and they're all great. And so, you know, whether they be at a bar or a brewery or at, you know, the comedy clubs, there are so many great options. And I'm always a little uh, surprised by what does real well and what doesn't do as well. Yeah. You know, I've been on shows with fantastic lineups that had five people in the audience. It's, sure. it is a gamble. It is hit or miss. I mean, I, I worked a Broadway oyster bar for about five years and, um, you know, I was not good at every, every now and then some, some great band be up on stage and they're, you know, set break come around. They're like, where's everybody in? I'm like, <laughs> no idea, man. Like, you know, it's like, and it doesn't matter the talent. It's just like a matter of sometimes that some things click for the night for whatever yeah. reason and some don't. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. And like if people didn't what they were supposed to do, but it's just <laughs> some reason that show didn't work that night. And then the next time they come back, it packed out and whatever. I don't know. It's weird, uh, weird business. This, yeah, this, this whole it really is. You can't, I don't know. I guess you, you can try just banking on human psychology, but it's, <laughs> right. it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have a couple of uh, great opportunities coming up uh, to come see Corey live. And you uh, will be at uh, the Crack Fox on Friday the 15th this weekend uh, with uh, Chris Sear, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Chris Sear's Implight Comedy. Yeah. Um, we've got Casey Paulson. Absolutely hilarious. Always so funny. JC Sabala, again, another favorite. And then from, uh, transplanted from New York to Oklahoma city is Neil Rubenstein. And he will, he's been, I think through St. Louis, uh, in the last year, a couple times. And he is just wonderful. Very, very funny. Um, really, really, uh, smart, funny, dark humor. And yeah. I can't say enough about him. Great. Very cool. Yeah, that would be fun. I know uh, Chris and JC uh, are friends of the show and, and uh, two of my favorites in town yeah. for sure. So They're both very, very funny. Yeah, that sounds like a great night for sure. Uh, and uh, again, that's at the Crack Fox. And then on uh, Saturday, the 16th, uh, we mentioned uh, Chris Farley, but you'll be uh, performing and uh, sharing the stage with his brother Kevin Farley at mm-hmm. uh, uh, was it uh, Tater Tatros right? yeah, in Festus, Missouri, yeah. with Gary Reinhardt and Vince Upper. Uh, they are really they're wonderful too. <laughs> I'm going to say that about yeah. uh, you know like everyone on the show, but they're they're funny funny guys, and it's it's an opportunity. Uh, Kevin Farley, I saw him when he was in second city, when I was, uh, I went to, uh, like theater camp when I was in high school and he was, um, in second city then. And I, right. I met, I'm sure, you know, that was 20, whatever years ago. So, but, uh, he's, I, I'm very excited to uh, see him perform again. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, I have not been, but I hear very good things about the food and everything down there too. Yeah, so. Cajun food. Yeah, Yum. yeah. So come, <laughs> so come hungry and <clears throat> enjoy the show. Uh, and then you said uh, you'll be at uh, November third. You'll be at the Heavy Anchor. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what was the name of that one? That is the MILFs, DILFs, and GILFs show <laughs> put on by Off the Record Comedy. Um, I will be doing that with, again, JC Sabala. Uh, who are the other the other DILFs? <laughs> JC Sabala, Max Price, uh, another MILF, Meredith Hopping, and uh, GILF. Ray Fine or Ray Fines, uh, Ray Williams. <laughs> I, I'm Ray Fines is uh, Gilfy too. Yeah, our local Gilf. <laughs> Ray. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's a great lineup for sure. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Super good uh, local show. Now with uh, like, is there a theme to that? Like, obviously with that title, um, are you are you encouraged to do more? of your (laughs) stories about your children or what? Um, I think that we will. (laughs) I think it's inevitable. Uh, I don't do, my daughter is since she's a a grown up now. Um, while a lot of my stuff is, I mean, it's, it's the person that I am. I was a single mom for her life and she still lives with me. And so I'm still a mom to her. And so it is just part of who I am. Um, but it's a very small part of my stand-up mm-hmm. uh, stories about my kid. Sure. Um, but, I mean, on a show like that, of course, you you tell those yeah. stories, I think. Um, it's a fundraiser for Stray Rescue. So right. uh, it's, it's a great show for a good cause, and I'm sure you'll get to hear us bitch about our kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or that, grandkids or whoever. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not, uh, that, uh, uh, Rafe's, uh, whole, I mean, he's got a lot of material about being grandpas and like, and it was that whole record, uh, that he put out is, mm-hmm. is hysterical. So, uh, yeah. check it out. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's gonna be a good night. And like I said, for a good cause, that sounds yeah. cool. So yeah. I'll to mark that on the calendar and come out and, and, uh, and participate with you have a good time. Help uh, help some puppies. I've been wanting to do more of that, like, uh, as I don't know, I just have fun with these, like, more benefit shows. That, yeah. I, I've been thinking about that, too. If I uh, start running shows again, there's always going to be some kind of, like, uh, benefit component mm-hmm. to it. And it's not, I mean, like, everybody's got a huge heart around it. Like, everybody mm-hmm. wants, there's so many people that want to help out and be a part of something like that. So um, it feels good to ask your friends to, you know, have so many of them respond and say, yeah, well, I don't, you know, I'm happy to support and not looking to get, you know, paid or whatever, because mm-hmm. it's all going to the cause. And yeah. so I don't know, it's been, I, I feel bad sometimes because I have so many friends that do perform for free and things, but uh, it felt good to have, you know, offer them this and they say, yeah, absolutely, we're in. And so it's been pretty cool yeah. to have those people like have your back like that. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I like being able, I am, uh, community minded. I mean, that's my professional background or what I wanted to do the most. And so I've always, um, 
if there is an opportunity to lend my time or, you know, if I can help out, um, that's important to me. And so I would really, I would personally really, um, like to do more of those, those kinds of shows. Yeah. Like what you're, yeah, what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I hope to do more of it and continue it in the future. Just, uh, see what happens. But yeah, um, uh, Dubstock is definitely one I want to like make, uh, an annual event and stuff. But yeah. we, in the past I did a, a toys for tots, uh, show for the holidays and that was real successful and a lot of fun. And I don't know, it was, uh, that one like was, I was, my friend Lexi helped me put that together and it was kind of her, it was a bucket list thing for her. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, she posted it on Facebook, like her whole list of things she wanted to do. And I was like, I hope you check that one off if you want and uh, like, let's do it. So it was pretty neat. Uh, I had a lot of people do- donate gifts at the door and stuff, but also a lot of people just gave us money. So it's quite the experience going to Walmart and like filling mm-hmm. up six shopping carts full of toys and all this stuff, like getting to kind of go on the shopping spree, mm-hmm. uh, kind of living a childhood dream kind of thing <laughs> like and helping pass that on to some other kids in need and stuff. So that was, uh, that felt really good. Like it was, yeah. it was a cool, cool day for sure. And then getting to, you know, I, I wasn't there to see their faces when, you know, obviously when they got the gift or anything, but like just, just that part, just knowing that, you know, making a difference in, in some kids day, like that felt really good. So, yeah. So hopefully we do some more cool things like that in the future. Um, you, uh, so you mentioned traveling a little bit, you're climbing mountains and stuff. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I follow along with you, like I said, on Facebook and Instagram. So I see a lot of your pictures and I'm like, you, you get to do, you've been getting to do a lot of really cool things. Like, I mean, over, over the, you know, couple of years I've known you now, like, Thank you. Uh, so is that just, uh, is that, is that something you just, you just love traveling and getting to see? I absolutely love, I love to travel. Yeah. I, I, mm, I think that um, traveling and experiencing uh, life in different places is the best way to um, humble us and also uh, open us to other people's experiences. Right. Um, I think Mark Twain said that like travel is the way that you eradicate prejudices by um, experiencing new things and and that's not, you know, a verbatim quote, but, uh, I haven't, I probably haven't traveled as extensively as I want to, but I, um, this year I went to Mexico for a week and I got to go to Colorado and, uh, I climbed my first 14er, which is, uh, I was actually supposed to climb to summit to 14ers, which is a mountain over 14,000 feet. Um, I was able to summit one, but then the wildfire smoke moved in when no. I was on like the day that I was climbing the second one, it was so hazy that by the time I was probably a quarter mile from summit, maybe less, I could not breathe anymore. I was, I don't have asthma, but I was having asthma attacks on the mountain and it was kind of inducing panic for me. Yeah. And so I had to hightail it down. Another thing that they don't tell you is that there's absolutely nowhere to piss on a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's the thing that you don't think about. Like you're, it's, 
but the summit of a mountain is totally bare. There's nowhere to hide. There's so like you either drop your pants and you piss in front of whatever the other 50 people who are, you know, climbing up this mountain or, uh, you just like pee yourself as you're walking. And like, I couldn't handle it anymore. That was too much. <laughs> like not breathing and pissing myself. Uh, get out of here. Too much. Uh, I just was, uh, thinking about the pamphlet, you know, like, uh, <laughs> reading that like, Oh, nowhere to piss. Okay. Yeah, I am like so. I I said this to someone else. I was like, "There's there's no fucking way. you you cannot find a place to pee." And he was like, "Well, well, that's why they make those underwear that absorb pee." And I was like, "They make those? I could have gotten those. I had no idea. That would have been so good to know." Uh, there's a, I think it's a little different experience, but uh, for what. Triggered memory. I listen to a lot of Howard Stern show, and there's this uh, crazy guy, uh, Richard Christie, on the show, and, and he uh, he likes going to concerts, these big festivals, like big metal festivals, and he also likes drinking a ton of beer. Mm-hmm. So he would wear adult diapers to these events <laughs> just so he could didn't have to like get lose his spot at the festival. He would just Smart. sit there and drink beer and pee his pants. And I was like, that's dedication. That's uh, yeah. I admire that. <laughs> I think that like okay. So the thing about being on a mountain is it gets really cold and like I think that like that much extra weight, like a Donald Duck ass, as you are climbing the mountain, <laughs> would I think there would be chafing, maybe a little mm-hmm. freezing. I don't. I don't know that a diaper is the way to go, right. but there has, there has, apparently there's a solution and I just didn't know about it. So if I ever try that again, and I'm not sure I will, cause I've already done it once, but if I ever try it again, I'm going to get some, some piss in your pants, pants. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, I was watching, um, big brother. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but me and Stacy got me into it and <laughs> it's, it's a mess, but it's entertaining, but it's, uh, but there was a there's a room called the have not so what and it's like all like their punishment room is like they're uncomfortable beds and then you have to eat this slop food or whatever it's like all this stuff like that so but there was a and he's not this guy was in this punishment and he wasn't able to leave the room even to go to like the bathroom so they had like this little tent that he and like a five gallon bucket that he had to use as a but at least that's the way they made it perceive on, on TV. I don't know if that was really the case, but but I was just like thinking about like maybe that's the way you just have like a little bring your little tent with you. And, uh, that's a good idea, yeah. like a sheet that you could <laughs> yeah. just wrap around you right. and then drop trout. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm just I'm just spitballing. I, I think this is yeah. all great. Right. I'm gonna when once I listen to the podcast, yeah. I'm gonna be writing all of these right. ideas down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the diaper. I am going to wait. I think I've got a good 15 years before I'm actually in diapers. Uh, So that may not be the one, but the sheet is sounding pretty good. There you go. Tent sheet. Yeah. What, uh, so climbing mountains and, uh, is there, what else is on that that you still want to, still want to do? Is there, is there some, like, is there, do you do any of the skydiving or do any of that kind of crazy adventure stuff or? Yeah. Well, I've never skydived and there was a time when I wanted to. Um, 
I don't know that I want to anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I can justify jumping out of a perfectly good plane. Right. Uh, I, and I irrationally worry about my broken, like, oh yeah, you know, climb, climb and hike for 10 miles and my ankle's fine. But I irrationally worry about like landing badly skydiving and then just like seeing this, the metal rods poking out of my legs. And I don't know why, like, I I think, I think it would probably be safer and easier than, you know, hiking for, uh, whatever, 12 hours at a time. Um, have you ever skydived? Dived? Dove? I don't know how you say it. (laughs) No, I've, uh, no, never done any of that. I actually just flew, uh, uh, and commercially for the first time, uh, like a couple weeks ago. That's so, so exciting. Yeah. So did you but, like it? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was a little weird. Uh, like the landing was like kind of, I don't know. It was like, it just felt like, uh, we came in pretty hot. Like it was like, yeah. And they were, you know, putting on the brakes and we're all like, <laughs> you know, just like it was very intense, uh, landing for like, it wasn't, I just felt like maybe it would have been a little smoother. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The takeoff was fine, like, uh, but the landing was really, like, a little sketchy. But we, we we did it, and nothing happened, and it was so it was a good experience. But Cool. Um, yeah, it was strange. No turbulence? No, not really. No, it was, I mean, it was from Jacksonville to St. Louis, so it wasn't, like, a real long flight anyway. And, and weather was clear all day, nice. so. But, yeah, I don't know. It was, so, it was kind of, I, I, flown uh dad's friend had a pilot's license and took us in like an eight person plane that's the kind you jump out of yeah so like (laughs) and that was probably scarier than flying commercially Mm but so i finally did that now 36 years old (laughs) so but i don't know i don't think i i don't think that's anything i need to do i don't think there's nothing been drawing me to say hey i needed to go jump out of a plane so (laughs) i think that um yeah, I don't know that that will ever be something that I will do either. Maybe I would do the the test it like um, in a room, the big fan where you skydive oh, yeah. and see how that goes for me. I, I that's not the same at all. I don't think. Right. But maybe that would be like training wheels for that. I think I'd like to like if there is any uh, anything that a bucket list scary thing to do. Um, I think would be, I've never scuba da, scuba dove, scuba dove, <laughs> scuba da dude. <laughs> I've never done that. I've uh, snorkeled a lot. And, but I think the ocean is fascinating and frightening. <laughs> it's so deep and it's so right. scary down there. What's down there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did, I, my dad had a uh, scuba diving tank and everything. We, we, a lot of times we would, uh, some of the local, lakes and you know, the cool. ozarks and stuff but we did do we did go to key west florida nice and, and got to dive in the ocean and uh and yeah it was definitely what's the coolest thing you've seen i don't know i mean just i don't know there's a lot of like we didn't go real far down mm-hmm. or you know and too much like as he i think he did more on his own but i was pretty mm-hmm. young at the time and just kind of like i don't know i was on a second respirator off it so i didn't actually gotcha. have my own thing and like and he kind of just held on to me and, and we like, but I mean, I mean, you know, the coral, all the different mm-hmm. crazy yeah, colors and stuff. And like, um, but there was like a, 
like a five foot nurse shark like came by our boat and that's stopped. awesome yeah that's really so, cool yeah it was like i don't know just kind of it's you know like i'm saying there's this could be pretty scary if you uh get down too yeah. far and get to you know some some weird things but uh it was it's just you know it's pretty wild to sit there even on the top and like look down and see the floor pretty you yeah. know pretty much like it's uh so I don't know. It's be it'd be fun though to get more tropical and get into scuba diving some other places and stuff and see just again all the beautiful fish and wildlife out there. So yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do some more of that too. It's really interesting to me. I um, snorkeled over the Mesoamerican Reef, which is the second largest reef system in the on the planet, and that was in Belize. And uh, I saw so many incredibly uh exotic interesting colored fish and i saw huge sea turtles and and when i was in mexico at you know like uh earlier this year um i got to go scuba or i'm sorry snorkeling again and uh where i went they had um an underwater museum with like submerged statues that they're turning into a reef system saw all kinds of turtles and that was super cool and yeah, it's just, it's just so liberating and free. And it does kind of feel like flying when you yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to do, there's a lot of that. I mean, even mountain climbing, like you, like you were talking about earlier, like there's so many things I'd, I'd like to still have to do on my, my list. So, <laughs> um, hopefully I can get on there and see a little bit more of the world yeah. sometime. Um, uh, well, I got a couple of questions I've been, um, Asking and uh, bring it. Thought I get your take take on some of these. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. What about um, all right? The day comes along. We have a, a Corey action figure. <laughs> what would be uh, three accessories to go with your action figure? Uh, I think um, it would be like a real basic bitch action figure. I don't think of myself as a basic bitch, but like I have some creature comforts that I need. Like I drink a shit ton of plain coffee. I drink at least two pots of plain coffee every day and get all amped up. Uh, I've got, I've got a, a crusty, little white dog like a lot of middle-aged ladies uh she's she, izzy is so old and so crusty and she like she's uh a foot tall and she has chronic bronchitis she's allergic to grass and she like sputters and wheezes now so like that's pretty on point for for the basic bitch corny doll and then um a third thing Uh, what is something that I absolutely could not live without? Um, geez, I paint a lot and I like to, like, I like to do, uh, like last year I was taking thrift store paintings and I did this as a fundraiser. Uh, I was taking thrift store paintings and I was painting like monsters and stuff into them. All right. And, um, so I think my third thing would be a set of paints and maybe like a canvas with uh like a squid monster on it or something i think those are those are things that kind of summarize me that sounds fun <laughs> uh yeah what um 
All right. We mentioned uh, SNL. I don't ask this one a lot, but it's one I think about sometimes. Uh, I think actually uh, David Spade pr- proposed the idea on Stern Show one day, and it, was, it sounded interesting to me. But if you had uh, a, your all-time SNL cast, like if you could put, uh, pick a, some of your people uh, okay. that, that you would put, yeah, like, you know, throughout the years, and uh, who would be your uh, weekend update host? And then. Um. You know, so like, I really liked Jan Hooks on when I was a little, little girl. She was my favorite lady castmate. I like, uh, um, I, I, my mom let me watch all of the, uh, original cast. I watched all of those, like the old seventies SNLs. And I think almost everyone in the original cast was absolutely perfect. Uh, I think so. Maybe if I could take like the first cast and then mm-hmm. add Jan Hooks to it. Um, but I, of course, Norm Macdonald for Dennis Miller was really good, but he's turned into such a fucko <laughs> that like he's have Norm Macdonald was always just really funny and really solid. Yeah. But man, I love Bill Hader. It's just so hard. That's such a hard question. Sure. Bill Hader is incredible. Um, Leslie Jones is amazing. Like there are uh, everyone like there's this euphoric recall for a Saturday Night Live that existed, you know, 30 years ago. But there were always hit and miss sketches. And like there are there have been people in the last 10 to 10 years who are just excellent yeah. on it. So funny. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, obviously it's, uh, <laughs> you know, very uh, kind of, everybody has their class kind of thing that they yeah. grew up with. And then they like, the next class comes along and they're like, oh, they suck. You know, it's just <laughs> like, it's whatever, it's, but it's like, I've always stick with the show. I enjoy, there's always something I enjoy. Yeah. But they're like, maybe not everyone's my favorite skit or anything mm-hmm. or, or, but like those those cast members finally find a groove and they become the, you start to really appreciate their skills and stuff mm-hmm. that they're all, you know, equally as great. Uh, you know, just, it's, it's just such a people that's just, I don't know, everybody wants to hate when it's something different, something that yeah. is not what it was or not what it, so I don't know, but I agree. Uh, Norm Macdonald probably be my weekend update host. He's uh one of the best and uh it's such a bummer that we we, yeah. lo- we lost him this year and like uh in in such a way too like the fact that he uh never really told anybody he was sick or anything and uh so i don't know it was super sad to, that he passed and because he was always been one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh in the way his mind works and stuff mm-hmm. that he uh pretty silly mm-hmm. so uh, yeah really funny really smart yeah but uh, that uh, and I don't. I also like. I, I, I don't know. I was talking to a friend about it. The other, like about like. I feel like. As much as he probably you know wouldn't want the credit anyway or or anything, but like I feel like if it weren't for guys like Norm doing what he did, uh, then comedy wouldn't exist the way it does today. I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, I feel like he pushed the boundaries for a lot of things like at a time like especially even on 
weekend update there on, on SNL, like telling OJ jokes and stuff yeah. and like the way he did it. And like, and they, according to the story, they told him to, to stop and he, <laughs> and he didn't. And then, so he ended up getting fired, but like they, uh, so stuff like that, like, you know, just uh, having the balls to like go against everything. Like, you know, uh, you told me to not do it. I'm just going to do it even more. And like, and, uh, I think there was a, he was on one of those roast, uh, I think it was the Bob Saget roast. Mm-hmm. And they were like telling him like, you know, really, get, really give it to him. And then like, he did like the opposite, like did these like really <laughs> lame, generic joke, you know, kind of thing. And like super dad joke kind of stuff. And like, and I, he just did it just to, you know, just to piss him off, go, be, go against everything that they wanted him to do. So, uh, and I don't know. So I just, so I appreciate that about him that he wasn't afraid to, to go against the grain, you know? Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, one of the dirty work is like, a. that was a great movie a, underappreciated Yeah, for sure. It's one yeah. of my absolute favorite, uh, kind of cult classics now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those that, uh, was kind of a dud at the, <laughs> in the box office, but it's so funny. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. What's a, uh, movie or a TV show you wish you were in? Hmm. Is there any? Uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, that would be. I, I hear. Yeah, I definitely know like the name, and I've seen some tr- trailers. I never had HBO at the time, so I never got to yeah. uh, watch it. So, uh, this so, one I so funny. Yeah, it's one I missed. Uh, so I need to go through and uh, catch up on that. And it's like a great character study, right. you know, just funny, ridiculous characters. And I love anything that Danny McBride is in. Yeah. He's always so good. Uh, like this is the end is. My, I watch it like once a month. Love it. Yeah. That and Pineapple Express. Those are my two go-to movies that I watch constantly all the time. Yeah. And The Righteous Gemstones is just like everyone, almost every character on it is so over the top. Like I, it would just be ridiculously fun to be in. And um, yeah, and there's like, like I would love to be on a sketch show too. That would be really, really fun to do. Mm-hmm. But the righteous, like for a scripted show, righteous gemstones is just ah, uh, it's <laughs> chef's kiss, perfect, so great. Uh, you, uh, you, you know, we obviously we're talking about the, a lot of various forms of comedy and stuff. Is um, do you do you aspire to do some of those other things? Do some writing and do some sketch and yeah. And is that uh, do you feel, you want to encompass all of it and stuff? Yeah, I really, so I wrote a lot of, like, I've always loved to write. I I wrote short stories. That was one of my, one of the things that I've done for the last, whatever, 10 years since law school. That was one of my um, creative outlets. Uh, So I, I really love to write, but I have found that, or I have to credit Christian Lawrence um, doing his history mystery show for like, I had never had so much fun doing stand-up. Like I, I like, I love doing stand-up. I like it. Um, but doing that show, like as an over the top character doing stand-up is it kind of opened my eyes to, um, it 
made me feel like there's another way that I can write and do things and grow. And I want to, um, that was only, gosh, I guess that was like two months ago. And so it's made me think about how I'm going to redo my material or how I'm going to approach doing stand up now, because like, I, I, I'm not sure if we were taping yet, but I've kind of taken a little bit of time off to, uh, I haven't been hustling as hard as I did kind of thinking about, I've got a birthday coming up, kind of thinking about my health, but I've also been thinking about like, how can I, and I, I met up with uh, Chris Sear today and, and talked about this because I've been feeling a little bit of burnout on just straight stand up. Um, so how can I make it like super fun mm -hmm. to do? And I think that I have, I feel like I am an absurdist at my heart and I'm, I'm doing jokey joke stand up, And I don't know if that's who my soul or who my personality is right. like, you know, like doing like a straight stand up set. And so I've been thinking about like, how can I make it fun and do something that would be fun for an audience to watch? And man, when I figure it out, yeah. <laughs> it's, boy, it's going to be great. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet, right. but like, like that, uh, the history mystery show was eye opening for me. And I want to figure out a way to bring that more into my whatever 20 minute set that I do, um, usually yeah. on a show. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that'd be fun. I mean, like, it's just, that's the thing there. There are no rules. There's mm -hmm. no, there's possibilities are endless, mm -hmm. you know, just like, that's so true. And like, I, I feel like standups kind of like box themselves into, well, what's going to get me booked at the next club or what's going to get me. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it, I guess it depends on what you see as your goal. And like, I don't have any goals. I just want to like fuck shut shit up and be happy. <laughs> I, I guess like, I don't really, you know, like I, I want to, um, do stand up in a way that like is good for me and good for an audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like it's, uh, I feel like that, that stuff is, uh, you know, transparent that comes through. I've been to a lot of shows and pe some people are better at faking it, but like mm -hmm. if, if it's not, if you're not as into it, mm -hmm. like we're, as an audience, we're not going to be into it. Like, so there's been shows where I've been to, like, we're just kind of been uncomfortable. Like, yeah, they still say some funny jokes and things, yeah. but it felt, it just feels like it's very re rehearsed or yeah. it feels forced or something. You know, and it's yeah. like, they're not, they're, they're kind of tired of the, what they're talking about and, yeah. stuff and that kind of thing. So where it's like, doesn't come off as organic, uh, mm -hmm. as like, Oh, I just came up with this kind of idea. I get that. You know, I understand that they've, this is material they've been preparing mm -hmm. for a long time, but it's the way you present it to where it's like, yeah. you know, you start to come up, it has to feel like this is the first time you've ever heard this thing. So, yeah, it's hard to breathe. Like after you've done a joke, whatever, 15, 20, 25 times, it's hard to breathe new life into it and right. for it to not become uh, rote or pat. Um, and I have some jokes that... I love that I still have, to, that I've done for, um, several years. There are people who have done the same set for 20 years and that's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, doing the same jokes for just 
forever yeah. is woof. <laughs> That doesn't sound, that doesn't seem fun. Like I, I get sick of my own jokes after like two months. Yeah. It takes about two months. And I'm like, I'm so sick of this and it's not fun to do anymore. And then, but then every now and then you'll find another tag to it yeah. or, or another, you know, some word every now and then if whatever it spins into another bit or to something else. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's kind of the thing too. Like it's sometimes it, some it always depends, but I feel like jokes are never really done. Like people continue, yeah. continue to find other ways to add to it. Some, you know. Yeah, things can always be funnier. Right. They can always be better. They can be worse too. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, you can uh, you can find Corey uh, coming to a town near you. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, we'll have a got some great shows this weekend. Uh, then you are over in. Uh, you're even over in uh, Indiana, right? Uh, Indiana on the 23rd. Yeah. So you do a little bit of uh, traveling and uh, see. Try and get out. See some see some different spots around the Midwest here and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, hopefully we'll get you uh, back into your hosting again. You know, putting together uh, some more shows of your own and things. Uh, or, you know, um, find whatever you find at uh, <laughs> wherever it is. You know, I, don't, I know like. Uh, you used to do showcase uh, and an open mic and stuff. Yep. So in Illinois on the L side, yes. I'm probably going to bring something like that back and probably sooner rather than later. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that'd be cool to, you know, again, just to help others and then, you know, plenty more, a little more stage time for yourself and too yeah. along the way. So, but uh, this has been really great, Corey. I'm really yeah, glad we so fun, got to hang out tonight, and uh, hopefully we can link up again sometime soon. And uh, so. but uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming out tonight. And thank you for having me, hanging out with me. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Rock paper, paper podcast. Rock paper podcast. Rock paper podcast. Rock paper podcast. Well, yeah, that was it.